there's time now. There's all the time I need and all the time I want. Time, time, time. Ah, there's time enough at last. Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts. One Broken Cog Podcast back again with a great episode for you. You know, time management is one of the most important skills for sales professionals, and yet recent research shows very few sales reps use any sort of time management methodology. In fact, it's only 22%, which is very alarming. So time management is more than just ticking off the to-do list on your personal or team board. If you don't utilize tools or set up your time well, then you won't get the results you need to achieve long-term goals. Now, my guest today is a friend of the show, Dave Kale. He's trained hundreds of salespeople and managers across the country, and he's here today to discuss time management for salespeople. Dave, great to have you back. Welcome. Thank you, Brian. It's always a pleasure to be here. Man, I love it. I love having you on. You know, time management, people, I think, take it for granted. They don't understand how important it is and what it really means. would love to pick your brain. I know you wrote a book on this, but at a high level, we need to talk about what's important about this and how to achieve it and what's the best way to, to steer somebody into being more effective as far as utilizing their time in a, in a proper way. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely. What do you think, Dave, is, is the most important factor as far as time management? Well, you know, there's, there's a lot. It's hard to say which is the most important, but what, what comes to the top of my mind right now is, uh, you know, what, one of the, uh, I guess one of the secrets of time management is, quote, to think about it before you do it. That sounds so simple, but, but yet it, it implies a whole discipline of thinking and planning and reflecting that uh, frankly, a lot of a lot of salespeople just aren't aware of, and uh, don't engage in in a in a disciplined and methodical way. So I would say, uh, you know, if I were to boil it down to one thing, and I'm not quite sure this is the only thing, but but top of my mind today is uh, to think about it before you do it, and that apply, you know, that's, I mean, there's a whole big thing that that comes with that. Uh, for example, does it mean thinking about a sales call? Yes, of course. So it means, so time management means planning for a sales call in in depth and detail. You think about it before you do it. Does that mean thinking about uh, you know your your day and your week? Yes, of course it does. Does that mean prioritizing your customers so you find yourself uh, spending more time with the highest potential customers and less time with the lower? Yeah, of course it does. Does that mean creating a monthly plan for the most important things you want to achieve every month? Yes. You know, on and on it goes. So, so this simple little phrase, think about it before you do it, uh, really reaches its tentacles out and touches all sorts of things throughout the course of the year, the quarter, the month, the week, the day, because the sales call. It's huge. No, it really is. You know, staying organized is so important. I mean, we, we've seen companies that have set up certain systems where you know, prospecting as an example is every day from like seven to nine a.m. or from two to four p.m. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle, you have sales meetings, internal meetings, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. things go awry. I mean, obviously, you have uh, meetings that cancel. You have, you know, important client meetings that, that slide into that prospecting hour, and you have to rethink uh, about when you're doing prospecting or shift to a new prospecting time. And it, it's interesting mm-hmm. how a lot of salespeople want to be spoon-fed their day-to-day. They want to have somebody just you know, set them down and let them know, hey, here's what you're doing, A to Z. 
when you really have to be the CEO of your own desk and your own destiny, you really have to plan and mm-hmm. react real time. And like you say, think about it and plan out your day. How many businesses do you think you've seen, Dave, when they don't really have a system for this and they really don't have effective time management? How many have I seen that don't have effective time management? I would say almost all of them. Wow. Really? Yeah, yeah. And so let me, let me put it in perspective. So I have, uh, over the course of my career, I personally and contractually worked with over 500 different sales organizations. So that's where we signed a contract for me to do something with them. And uh, in the in the course of that, of course, I get involved. You know, get involved with salespeople and sales forces, and and so on. And um, uh, it's it's it, it, there's such a lack of understanding and implementation of effective time management processes and principles. There's such a lack that it was it you know it caused me to write uh, write the book, and uh, which is now uh, second edition. It's called Eleven Secrets of Time Management. For salespeople. So, so your question is how many of them don't have effective time management routines and principles and, and processes embedded in their organization? Almost all of them. As a matter of fact, I can't, I, I, I at the moment, I can't think of one that did. God, that's it's, amazing. It's, it, yeah, it is amazing. And you know, it's, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think uh, salespeople get so caught up in the transactions, you know, and the busyness and the stuff they have to do that they, they just uh, aren't uh, inclined to take a deep breath and step back and say, okay, what should I do? Not, not, you know, not all the stuff that presents itself, all the stuff that's in front of me today, but what, what are the best things to do? What should I do? It's just, it's just easier to, to react to all the stuff that comes at you. Man, you feel, you feel like at the end of the day, oh, man, I've been so busy. You know, look at all the stuff I got done, but it's all, it's all trivial. You know, it's not the, it's not the right stuff. That's right. It's all fluff. So, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. A lot of it is. A lot of it is. Yep. Yeah. You need to prioritize, I think. It's, it's, it's from the top down, right? You talk about prioritization. Uh, but also, I, you know, I think administrative tasks, I was reading something that it takes up salespeople overall about 13% of their time just doing admin tasks. So, the recommendation is to automate, you know, use tools to eliminate some of those automated, you know, those administrative tasks. You wonder why companies aren't shifting to this. So if, if an overall 13% of salespeople's time across the board is spent doing administrative tasks, I wonder why that is and why companies are not utilizing tools to automate those tasks so they can be freed up to do what they're supposed to be doing, which is selling. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, it's, it's, it's bigger than just automation, but, but the reason why people don't automate, and, and now I, I, let me back up. Some do, and of course, uh, an, effective, an effective CRM system uh, is a way to automate some of those administrative tasks. There is in the world of sales uh, something that I call the attraction of administration. And what I mean by that is um, salespeople uh, f- often find it uh, administrative tasks to be attractive. Now, I know that kind of flies in our face of the face of the salesperson as the, you know, the, the hunter out there. But what, but in reality, what happens is if he's got a bunch of administrative stuff to do, you know, fill out this quote, check on these back orders and so on. Those are very tangible, specific tasks. And he or she can get them done. He feels good about it. Whereas, uh, you know, going out on the road and trying to see people who, who, uh, maybe aren't necessarily inclined to see at the moment, that's a, that's a much more difficult and challenging thing. So there is, there is an attraction 
to administration for salespeople. It's attractive. And now they, they certainly wouldn't admit it, but they find themselves kind of stretching out uh, the time it takes to do things. I have, I have, um, I have an acronym that I use uh, that really reflects on an observation that I've made. And the acronym is OSE, OSE, and I call that other stuff expansion. <laughs> other stuff expansion. What it means is this. If you give a salesperson uh, something other than sales to do, that thing will expand if you think, okay, he's got two hours to do this a week and it's no big deal. Well, before long, it's going to be four to six hours just because other stuff expands. It's a rule. You can count on it. So, so you know, the, the, way, the way to ad attack administration is not necessarily to automate it. It's to eliminate it. Give it to somebody else. So the salesperson is not tempted to spend more time on other stuff expansion OSE, then, then uh, he should. Yeah, so if you give them an inch, they're going to take that country mile, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's just, it's just, it's just natural because, um, it's, again, it's tangible. It's specific. We can get it done. You know, look at what I got, got done. It feels good to accomplish something, and, uh, but, it's, but it's counterproductive. You know, and it's funny. People, they want to be led. You know, they want to be independent, obviously, but they want to be led. They want to have that direction. And sometimes, you know, we always talk about on the show sales managers being kind of weak. And if it's the blind leading the blind, like it sounds like it is. I mean, obviously, if there's no time management. Managers should be on top of this for their reps. And they should be looking at tools and systems to eliminate this waste, I call it, uh, you know, this time-wasting activities. Mm -hmm. We'd be in a much better place. I think sometimes the managers are, are just as clueless as the reps. Well, unfortunately, that's true. You know, most sales managers are, are, are really well-intentioned uh, people who, who try to do uh, what's best for themselves and the company and Salesforce. It's just that they don't know what that is. I mean, the, the uh, sales managers as a, as a job category are the least trained, least educated for their position of any position in the world of sales. And, um, you know there are there are principles and processes we we teach it. You know we have a we have a KLA sales management system that we teach sales managers on on the fundamentals of uh, of managing a remote you know remote sales force, and uh, so, and, and you know the thing gets that that course gets gets huge uh, results because sales managers as a general rule have never been educated in the principles and processes of, of their job. And, and so what happens is they default to uh, how they were managed or a reaction to how they're managed. And uh, in, instead of saying, okay, what's the best way to do this? They react emotionally to uh, what their own personal experiences have been. And uh, there's, there's a whole world out there of best practices and uh, routines and systems for sales managers that they're most of them are just never aware of because and it's, and it's, you know, it's not their fault. It's just, they've never had the opportunity to study what it means to be an effective sales manager. Yeah. It's alarming. I love what you're doing with that system. Does that ever weed people out? Meaning that some people, as you mentioned, would be an aha moment. It's like, wow, Dave, this is fantastic. Uh, I've needed this for so long. This is really sharpening me, helping me become the leader that I should be. But on the flip side, does it ever take people and they realize, look, this is just not for me. I'm not equipped for this. I don't have the aptitude for it. Um, 
you know, and I appreciate you letting me know that so I can be an individual contributor or do something else. Yeah, well, I'm I'm sure it does, but I don't have I don't have uh, that uh, I don't have that uh, knowledge very specifically, and and here's why: when we teach this program, we uh, generally teach it as a as a uh, either a public seminar, or you know I move around the country and teach it in different cities, or we uh, or we do it for a company and we teach you know all their sales managers, and uh, typically what happens is I come in and teach the program, and and then leave. And if there is somebody who says, oh, man, this is, I can't do this. I don't see myself doing this. They don't express that at the seminar. You know, they don't express it at the workshop. They may talk to their boss a couple of weeks later about it, you know, but so I'm not privy to that conversation. Uh, So I will will say this, though, the overwhelming majority of uh, sales managers who go through the program, and, and we have, we have, Honestly, we have certified over 2,000, you know, it's like 2,400 something, but over 2,000 sales managers in that program. The overwhelming majority just say, wow, I wish I wish I would have had this before. You know, like I've been a sales manager 10 years. What a waste. I wish I would have had this, you know, and, and so uh, it, it really does uh, provide a sales manager with a, a powerful set of, of uh, tools uh, and not just tools, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a system, you know, we, we, that's what we call it sales management system. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great that you're doing that. It's, it's severely lacking. You know, it, it's funny. You talk about time management and it's so important. There's so many different uh, buckets within time management, but what I have seen in the past, and I want to know if, if you have seen the same thing is a procrastination, a lack of urgency. And what I mean by that is, you know, I have literally seen people where leads will come in and people sit on them. They don't react to them quickly. Or mm-hmm. emails come in. They mm-hmm. could be time sensitive, mm-hmm. could be checking in, mm-hmm. could be an inquiry, mm-hmm. a follow-up, mm-hmm. and you sit on them and you don't respond in a timely manner. And it's not proper mm-hmm. calendar management. So you have those defined mm-hmm. times of the day and some people are boxed in. You know, they stick to them. So this is my prospecting mm-hmm. time. This is my time where I check the uh, UI to see results. This is the time when I have lunch. Mm-hmm. This is the time when I have my meetings and they stick to it. And well, if the email gets looked at at the end of the day, so be it. You know, it's, it comes after everything else. And mm-hmm. if a lead comes in, I'll get to it when I get to it. Have you seen that, Dave? What do you think about that? Well, I do see that occasionally. Uh, and, you know, I don't think I don't actually I don't think that is necessarily a time management issue. I think it's got more to do with. Um, a fear of rejection issue. And, and when I say that, I mean, uh, uh, typically a lead like that is to call uh, or contact somebody who uh, has, you, you do not have a relationship with. And uh, so there is, there is uh, among a great number of salespeople, a little bit of a fear of rejection. Uh, they, would much ra- they would much rather go see somebody they know than somebody they don't know. Because because it's an unknown and they're not familiar with it and they're afraid they're going to be rejected and so that's why that's why the procrastination comes in. It's it's not necessarily a time management issue. I think it's a fear issue more than anything. No, for sure. I think, but it bleeds into the time management because obviously you're not managing your time wisely. You're not getting back to that person in a timely manner. Sure. Um, but I have seen this person die. I'll never forget. Years ago, uh, there was this big. A sports outlet in New York, and they had sent feelers out to many different companies, you know, unbeknownst to myself. Um, it came across my desk. I responded immediately. And when I talked to this prospect, they said, Brian, we sent 
uh, inquiries out to, you know, let's say five to 10 companies, you were the first person to respond by a mile. I mean, and, that, and even mm-hmm. though there wasn't, you know, they didn't know me, that was the, they were judging mm-hmm. these companies based on that one factor. And of course, other factors mm-hmm. as well. But this was to show people how hungry people are, how responsive they were, you know, how the relationship is going to be You're kind mm-hmm. of setting the tone for the relationship from that moment forward. And it went a long way. I had that immediate rapport and I had their ear. And of course they trusted me more than anybody else and that, that continued on throughout the relationship. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. And I was talking on a few podcasts back about fear of rejection, how it's kind of baked into human beings mm-hmm. and it's very tough to become rejection proof. Some people do have that, um, but others do not. And like you say, like you mentioned, it goes into what you're saying about doing administrative tasks and other tasks. They're doing it because they're trying to put off the actual core function of their job, which is sales, because they don't want to be rejected. Right. They're not responding to those emails right. or those leads because they're worried about being rejected. So it's, it's, that's a whole other ball of wax, right? Um, what yep. do you think, Dave, about tips and best practices for turnaround time and responding to emails or leads? And the reason I bring that up is because there's two schools of thought around this. Some people will tell you, you need to respond immediately. You know, it's just a reflection of our business, of our customer service. An email mm-hmm. comes in, mm-hmm. you know, you, you take it as they come from the top down. Others is a prioritization. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, you have to maintain that aura of busyness, that there's no desperation. If you respond too quickly, it's hey, I'm desperate for a sale and nothing's going on. And why is that? Mm-hmm. Other people, if you put it off, it shows that you're busy and that, wow, this is somebody I want to work with because they're so busy working with other prospects or clients. What's your opinion on this one, Dave? Mm-hmm. Well, it's tough. You know, I understand. I understand both points of view, and uh, I think there's, uh, there, I think there is a legitimacy in both points of view. Uh, and so, I, I guess I'm going to be uh, right smack in the middle on on, on this one, Brian. I understand that uh, there is this thing. If you uh, if you respond immediately, it's like, wow, you don't have anything else to do. You know, right. <laughs> you're just you're just sitting there waiting for an email, and I and and uh, so I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure I want to do business with somebody who's got nothing to do all day, you know? So there is that, there is that kind of um, idea that comes with that. Uh, On the other hand, uh, you know, the idea of uh, prioritizing and uh, doing and responding to the email at a time that's best for you, as long as it doesn't go to, you know, we're not talking days here, you know, we're talking hours, not days. I, I, honestly, I, I, I guess I'm, as I'm thinking out loud, I'm thinking out loud here, I, and I'm going to say, you know, I think that's a better approach, Brian. Honestly, uh, to prioritize and respond, you know, respond the, in the day, but not necessarily instantly, because yeah. because of that because of that thing that, uh, okay, if you know if you're if you're busy and if you and, and if you're a substantial person, it's it's rare that you could respond to an email instantly. No, sure. And I think that, you know, sometimes if you have your day mapped out and you have, let's say, half an hour between meetings and prospecting, whatever you're doing, you know, you tackle your email inbox and just take mm-hmm. it from the top down. Mm-hmm. There's right, some clients, right. obviously, their number, you know, the, 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 the sale that's on the edge, it's right about to close. You want to pay attention to that, you know, versus somebody you've been dealing with for 20 years. They know you'll get back to them, you know, in a timely manner, a couple hours or whatever that may be. Right. But I right. think that, you know, it's, it's always the best practice to let somebody know you're working on it. I've had times before where, yeah, I'm running into a meeting, but I see an email come in from a, a client that I'm trying to upsell or, you know, somebody that has been very loyal to me. Mm-hmm. And you want to let them know, hey, I appreciate it. I got your email and I'm going to work. I'll get back to you later today with an answer. At least there's communication there. There's no that dead space where they're wondering, mm-hmm. did he get mm-hmm. it? Did he read it? Is he right. working on it? You know, it's something that at least you may not have an answer now, 
but you're giving them the respect that they deserve by, by reaching out saying, Hey, you're working on it. You're going to get back to them. So there's always a fine line and it's amazing when you see people and especially lead time turnaround. That, that's what I'm more surprised at when people are really trying to hit their numbers and we know across the board, a lot of numbers are not being hit and a lead comes in interested, you know, it could be a warm lead, could be, could be somebody just inquiring and that person not really jumping to set up a meeting, to set up an actual sales call or presentation right at that time. That That's mm-hmm. something that really blows my mind because if you're not first, you're last. Your mm-hmm. competitors are going to get in touch with that person. They're going to build rapport. They're going to be first to attempt to close. And you're going to be irrelevant at that point unless you really establish yourself as being somebody who's hungry for that business, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Now, another another feature of time management I want to talk to you about, Dave, is actually during that initial meeting. I have seen people in the past, what I like to call is they, they feature dump, right? Or they, or they vomit information all over their prospect. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is you have a piece of software that you want to demo for this person at first meeting. And, you know, it could go an hour, it could go three hours, right? Or it could go 20 mm-hmm. minutes if you've done proper discovery, right? And you actually mm-hmm. find out what they want mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. Do you agree, Dave, that you want to respect your pro- prospect's time and you want to maximize yours? What I mean by that is these marathon meetings, if you have these marathon meetings, obviously it takes away time from yourself to be able to close more business and prospect more business. But it also comes across as you're being a time sucker or time waster to your prospects. And a lot of these prospects don't have that much time and they may avoid you and not want to do business with you because they assume that every interaction with you is going to lead to that time wasting session what do you think about that well i think i think i mean here's the best here's a time management best practice and that is at the beginning of a meeting just ask how much time you have you know so how much so so you can say something like uh for to get through my agenda is going to take about 30 minutes uh and i'm sure you have some things as well how much time should we devote to this meeting and so that's an upfront question and and allow the customer to put the put the uh boundaries around it if he says, well, I've got an hour, okay, then make sure that you're done in an hour. In an hour. If he says a half hour, okay. So, uh, so uh, that's a, you know, that's a, that shows respect for the customer. It shows uh, that you're professional and you understand that. And uh, it's, just a, it's just a way to avoid the kind of situation that you're talking about, that, that meeting that goes on and on and you are becoming a time waster. You know, as, as a general rule, uh, I, uh, particularly in, in the early meetings, um, my approach is the customer should talk 75% of the time and you should talk 25 just as a rough rule of thumb. So uh, this idea of coming in and uh, just dumping all over with everything that you know about the product, I mean, that's just such a, such a turnoff to everybody and, and uh, so ineffective. I, re- I remember, I remember one time uh, I was doing, I do a, 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 a what we call Dave one-on-one. It really isn't one-on-one. It's one-on-three. We'd get, we'd get a couple, uh, six salespeople, myself, and I'd get another trainer. We'd work with them from eight to five for five days. So it was a very intense uh, training session. And uh, we'd, we would role play. You know, they would role play. We'd video it and we'd critique it. And I, I remember one fellow just went on and on in the middle of the role play about the features that he was uh, of the product. And the guy who was role playing the customer actually started to fall asleep. Oh, in the wow. role play. I mean, we're videoing it, and and he was just he just droned on and on, and he and, and the guy has actually started to fall asleep. I had to I had to stop it and say, wait a minute, 
are you are you uh really are you really a salesperson you know wow. and it just he just uh, he his view of sales was to be the fount of uh product knowledge and uh that's you know that's way down the list of important attributes of a effective salesperson it's really on the is. list yeah, no, I'll tell you, yeah. feature dumping yeah. is, is the Achilles heel of many salespeople. And, you know, as they say, uh, Dave, you know, facts tell, stories sell. And you have to be able to connect to your prospect, build rapport. But to me, it's also about proper discovery. I mean, if you're going into a sales meeting not knowing what they want to see and you're, you're waiting for that discovery, I mean, a quick note, hey, listen, we're going to be covering this. What is most important to you? Well, yeah. no, what's most important to me are these two things. Fantastic. So you want to focus your presentation around those two things. And you may be able to close right after that. Now, to me, that's need to have. And then, you, of course, you have the nice to have in your back pocket. Now, many salespeople, as you know, they want to present everything under the sun. And, of course, that's being time-wasting. You're not respecting that prospect's time. But you're also losing them. If you think about it, most people retain, I think, what is only 25% of what's gone on in that first mm -hmm. meeting or in any meeting, you know, mm -hmm. for that matter. Mm -hmm. So you right. want to keep it high impact. Right. You want to be dynamic. You want to make it all about them. Like you say, you should be letting them talk 75% of the time. And present to your prospects specific needs and uh, challenges. That's that's a yeah. it's a one hundred and one approach, and it will get you more sales. And again, the person wants to see two things. You show the two things, you can close right then and there. Now they want to see more, and they're interested, and they're engaged. It's a good temperature check. They'll ask you about it, and you can go on and show them all the bells sure. and whistles and whatnot. But you want to close, and every you know, and then we did a podcast about a very small. I think it was half of salespeople don't even go for any type of close in a mm -hmm. sales meeting and it was or a presentation and it was mind blowing. And it, I think it goes back to what you're talking about mm -hmm. fear of rejection, but I think also they can mm -hmm. read the room and feel that I don't have this person, you know, whether it be body language or if you're on the phone, the tonality or whatever, they realize, man, this is not the proper time to ask. And this is, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's time to uh, hit the abort button and, and exit stage left. Now, yeah. what do you think, Dave, yeah. as far as keeping an organized, tight calendar and a CRM? Do you ever see when you're in these businesses, because I can always speak to my experience as well, have you seen uh, sales professionals taking detailed notes in CRM? Have you seen them updating their CRM real time and not waiting for it? And have you seen them keep a very tight calendar as far as their day-to-day? -day? Uh, no on all of those. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I, but I think, um, y you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not necessarily with the salesperson all day. So I, so I don't necessarily see that, but I, but I do see, I, I, I do see, uh, the consequences and implications of, of that and not doing it. And, uh, you know, in the world of CRM, most CRM systems are not used nearly to their capacity because, um, because salespeople don't use them. You know, and and so uh, and and they don't use them to the degree to which they could be used. So, this issue of uh, taking real time notes, um, I, you know, I I rarely see, well, I see people taking notes, but I don't see them taking real time notes into their into their phone or their tablet or or whatever it is, and and that's too bad, you know, because I, it just saves time. You know, it's a time management thing. So uh, yeah, is is uh, you know, is again we go back to where we started, and that is there is. Um, there is a, a real lack of understanding and implementation of good time management uh, techniques and principles of, among the world of salespeople. That's why I wrote the book, you know, among other things. No, it's wonderful. And, and you know, the, the need for notes 
you know, the older we get, we, we get forgetful, right? And uh, yeah. we've seen I mean, yeah. more prospects you speak to, you're forgetting. And of course, those subsequent follow-up sure. calls, if you don't have detailed sure. notes to reference, you're right. kind of, well, gee, can I remember what happened? Should I ask him this question? It looks stupid. Uh, you really don't have a leg to stand on. You need to reference those for subsequent calls. Uh, you need a quick reference. But also, I think, you know, when you're handing off a sale to another department, you know, whether that be an account manager or, or whatever, uh, you need that easy handoff interdepartmentally so there's clarity. There's no guessing games. You know, it's crystal mm-hmm. clear. You don't have to have mm-hmm. these waste, wasted meetings where it's like these launch calls or these kickoff calls where you have to share every single detail about the account. If you have it in a CRM system, you won't need it. You're kind of doing that job for that mm-hmm. person. Yes, that's right. Um, that's exactly right. And also, I think, you know, speaking to that, Dave, I think, you know, a best practice many people don't adhere to is after you're done with that, initial presentation or that first discovery call, whatever interaction it is, make it a habit where you enter those notes immediately, update the CRM stage, you know, what stage is this thing on, update it quickly, it'll make it much easier for your manager. Mm -hmm. And I think if there's any collateral or leave behind or next steps, send that out right away, you know, recap it, send them out that collateral, send them out that proposal, take it as it comes, prioritize from the top down, don't wait, say, hey, I got another meeting in 30 minutes, I'll just chill out, I'll check my social media. Um, you know, I'll go take lunch, do it right away while it's fresh. Right. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. Like, uh, like uh, my, uh, my recommendation is that, that you, you do that in the car before, you know, before you start up and move on, do it right then capture everything that's fresh on your mind. Not only what happened, but what your next steps are and capture that right now before you, before you move on. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of reasons for that. Well, one is because it's fresh and you got it all. And, and, and uh, you know, if you wait till the end of the day, I don't know about you, but for me, like I've lost half of it, you know, it just gets mixed in with all the other stuff that's going on in the course of the day. So I want to capture it right then while I have it and it's fresh. And, and then that allows me, that allows me to move on. You know, if I, if I haven't captured it, it's, it's just uh, playing in my head and it's going to interfere with my conversations as a, you know, throughout the course of the day. So Absolutely. it's a, it's, I mean, it's a very, it's a very legitimate, very uh, appropriate uh, uh, tactic. Absolutely. Yeah. And I also think, you know, one, one thing is eliminating distractions and kind of adjusting in real time, you know, social media and internet is so, it really leads to procrastination. I mean, people are getting so distracted by it. And, you know, we all have those days where, you know, I remember I had a Friday one time where I was so excited. I had like six meetings in a row and then almost every single one of them rescheduled or canceled. You know, it's just one of those things, mm-hmm, never scheduled mm-hmm. that many meetings on a Friday, right? Welcome to the mm-hmm. real world here. Mm-hmm. But when that happens, use your time wisely, right? Yeah. Prospect a little bit more. Do some research. Put together a proposal. Yeah. Get those things done that you've been putting off or that you need to get to get a jump on your next day. You know, use that time wisely, yeah. right? Well, that's a, that's one of a, that's a time management tactic that uh, that I talk about in the book, and that is be prepared for um, downtime and and unanticipated downtime, and that means you you know in the course of the day you're going to have times when things don't go right, and and you find yourself with an extra slot of time. You know, somebody cancels, somebody's sick, whatever, and uh, so so it shouldn't be that shouldn't be a surprise. You should be prepared for that. So you ought to have the stuff that you do at times like that. And that's, you know, that's when you can do some of the administration. That's when you can like read up on the new product. That's when you can do some prospecting, but you ought to be prepared for that. So, so you're not thinking, oh, gee, what should I do? I got an hour here that I did, wasn't anticipated. So, but, but if you're prepared, you're prepared for unanticipated downtime. That's a 
that's a very real uh, tactic that will bring you hours of effectiveness over the course of the, of the month and the year. Absolutely, Dave. It's absolutely true. That's why I love the book because it really goes into that deep, because it's a deep dive into that and really helps people get out of that. You know, I clean out the gunk, right? That's one of the chapters. Right. In there, yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I love it, which I absolutely love it. What do you think as far as getting your mind right? I know one of the chapters is thinking right, thinking mm-hmm. the right way. Maybe you want to just quickly expand on that. How do we get our minds in tune if you're kind of a new sales rep, your manager's clueless, it's the blind leading the blind. Obviously, you haven't invested in yourself. Yeah. You know, we talked about that earlier that salespeople yeah. you know, take that for granted. They don't want to educate themselves. What do you think is a great step mm-hmm. into starting to get your mind moving in the right direction? Well, let me, let me start with my definition of good thinking. And, and good thinking is asking yourself the right questions in the right sequence and writing down the answers. Sound, sounds so incredibly simple, but that really speaks to you know, thinking right. What, do you, what does that mean to think right? That, what it means is you ask yourself the right questions in the right sequence and write down the answers. So, uh, so there's a series of questions that are effective questions for salespeople to ask themselves. You know, like, like let's, start, let's start on a on the grand scale and say, what do I want to achieve this year? So that's, that's a, a question that leads to goals. So the question you ask yourself is, what do I want to achieve this year? And, and then uh, in very specifically, in what specific categories? And so, you ask, so there's two questions you ask in that sequence. You write down the answer. That's, a good, that's good thinking. I mean, that's, that's an example of good thinking. Uh, which, which customers have, here's another one. Which, which of my prospects and customers have the highest potential? And uh, that, so, that, so that leads you, that question you ask yourself leads you to an examination and, and analysis and a prioritization of your account base. And it, and it bubbles up those accounts that are highest potential and, and uh, leaves down below those that are the lowest potential. That's a great question to ask yourself. And so when I, when I say think right, I mean, ask yourself these questions in the right sequence and write down the answers and do it in the right rhythm, the, the right uh, uh, timing. So you can ask yourself uh, every month, uh, what are the most important things I want to accomplish this month? That's a great question. You should, write, you should ask yourself that every month and write down the answer. And then, that, and then that becomes your plan. That becomes the basis of your plan for the month. You know, I want to do this. I want to do that. Okay, write it down. So again, right thinking is asking yourself the right questions in the right sequence, and let's say at the right times, and then writing down the answers. And there's a whole series of questions that uh, I think we've got a lot of them in the book that fit into that category. What should, what should you be thinking about on what sequence, in 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 what duration, and in what in what uh, uh, at what level? And when you answer those questions, so you know, just gonna back up a minute. We we think of questions as a great tool to ask our customers, and they are that. And one of my books is "Question Your Way to Sales Success," and I talk about that. But questions are also the ultimate thinking tool. And not only should you ask your customers appropriate questions, but you should ask yourself appropriate questions because when you ask a question, this sounds, this sounds so incredibly simple, but it's so profound. When you ask a question, they think of the answer. When you ask a question of the customers, they think of the answer. 
when you ask a question of yourself, you force yourself to think in certain ways and you think of the answer. So when I say think right, what I mean is just that. Ask yourself the right questions in the right sequence, the right times, write down the answers. Definitely. No, it's great advice, Dave. And you start to think about when you're thinking about your goals and you're thinking about the answers and you're prioritizing your customer prospects. I've seen in the past, it's very interesting, a lot of sales professionals, they really want to go after that enterprise level account. I like to call them elephant hunters, right? They're going after that great white elephant. And in the pursuit of that enterprise level account, they're really missing out on the low hanging fruit. And when that happens, obviously they blow their quota because they're putting all of their eggs in one basket. Very unwise, but I see this happen time and time again because they don't really have good leadership and they don't have a good system. And of course, they're not managing their time properly. We should definitely, Dave, do a podcast on the fear of rejection and overcoming objections. I think that would be so powerful. Um, I have a definite opinion and I know you're an expert at it. I would love to schedule that with you. Before we wrap up, Dave, any insight one any last words of wisdom regarding time management i know know we've only scratched the surface and i definitely recommend people to buy this book it's powerful it's amazing it's a great guide and you know if you slip into those bad habits again you've got it to pick up and read it and repurpose yourself again it's very very powerful any last words of wisdom dave yeah you know as a as a veteran sales trainer i've i've been asked several times um is is there one area that if you could improve a salesperson's performance in one area and it would get the biggest uh, impact, what would, what, that would, what would that area be? Would it be closing the sale? Would it be asking questions? What, what would be the, the single place where you could make the biggest impact on a salesperson's performance? And my response is time management. And, and, and here's why, because time management expands out <clears throat> and touches almost everything that a salesperson does. And it, and it takes... Uh, the current level of performance and ratchets it, it up because now you're doing things like thinking about it before you're doing it. You, you prioritize, you do those kinds of things. And the other thing is, so, so number one, time management is the, has the biggest impact on a salesperson's performance than any other single thing. That's number one. Number two, time management is the easiest and quickest thing to do to impact a salesperson's performance. So now let me give you an example. Let's say, let's say you want to help a salesperson get better and you decide we're going to ask them to, uh, you know, to uh, ask better questions, do a better job in discovery. Okay, so there's going to be some training and it's going to be some practice and going to be some trainings and some practice and some trial error and so on. And so, you know, if you really work at it, it's going to be a couple months down the road before you begin to see a change in behavior and an impact on the salesperson's performance or something like that because it's behavioral and uh, the customer's involved and so on and so forth. However, when we say time management, you can make an impact tomorrow because time management is not something that you do in, con- in conversation with a customer. It's something you do all by yourself. So tomorrow, if you chose to, tomorrow, you can make decisions about time management that will impact your performance, whereas anything else in a salesperson's uh, competency is going to take a, a few months. Time management, you can make an impact tomorrow. So it's, so it's the quickest way to improve performance and it's the biggest way to improve performance. So, you know, let's put it, let's put it where it is. It's huge. Very huge. And they can see that positive momentum just 
start to happen right then and there with that change, and they're more receptive to other changes. Exactly. And, and you're right. Exactly. The performance increases organically, naturally, and it's, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Dave, always a pleasure. I always look forward to having you here. You bring such wisdom and insight. As always, you inspire me, and I, you inspire so many others. Uh, thank you again, Dave. Oh, you're welcome, Brian. Always a pleasure. Thank you for spending time with us today. We encourage you to join the many businesses that we have helped to achieve their objectives, align their departments, and increase their revenue. You can start by reaching out to us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we will make small adjustments that will lead to major impacts to your business, your culture, and your bottom line. 